are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, hello, hello. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we have to have these special bonus episodes. Whenever it's one of our fun commentaries or something completely different. And this is something a little different. It's another review episode. Um, we are going to go over the film Artemis Fowl, the film that was released onto Disney+, Plus uh, that is available for all to see, and we did not want to skip over such an event, which was a film that was going to arrive in theaters May 29th originally, before the dreaded COVID-19 stopped everyone's plans, um, including mm-hmm. Kenneth Branagh's direction of Artemis Fowl to theaters. And uh, so yeah, that's that's the plan for this episode, and joining us to discuss Artemis Fowl, we have, from Endor Express, a cameras gigantus, it's David, yeah? Hello! Wait, wait, what is he? A cameras gigantus. Giganticus. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I haven't really used it since uh, lockdown. Hey, mm. I, I don't think Josh Gad's always eating dirt. He's got to take a break sometimes. So. Nor does he talk like this all the time. Yeah, like like hippos with a sore throat. We'll get to that soon. Um, <laughs> David, how are you doing? Doing fine. Doing well. It's um, what two, three months now. I think it's been since, three since or started, four, right? Since we all started living underground. <laughs> yeah, three months. Uh, you know what? I, I, it could be better in, in some ways, but it's pretty much just fine as far as, like, just li- living, I guess. <laughs> as long as you're staying safe out there, that's what matters. Yeah. Well, just staying safe in here. Yeah, out there. out there. Somewhere out there. Not out there. Somewhere out like that one no. song. Okay? Somewhere Maybe out there. Honest. Somewhere out there, the Fievel song? Yeah, yes. Hmm. That's a song I haven't thought about in a long time. It's I just put song. it in your mind. I know. It won't leave it for the next two weeks. Good. Well, you're, I guess we're not patriotic. It's an American tale. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Tale spelled as a tale. <laughs> in my mind, that makes sense. By, say, by saying that out loud, I don't need to spell it. Just saying it the way I said it and makes everyone understand the homonym going on right there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's do it. Let's get straight into our review for Artemis Fowl. Authorities launched a worldwide manhunt for the famous collector. He is suspected to have been behind some of the biggest robberies ever. Dad! Hello? Your family has taken something of great value from us. Return it to me or I will destroy everything you love. You weren't supposed to see this yet. Your father is in a complicated profession. For years, he has protected powerful secrets that have kept mankind safe from the dangers of another world. It's time to face your destiny. Don't look around. This is what they call greatness. But we are not alone in this. Mulch Diggums, just a talented giant dwarf. That should have been some of the trailer for Artemis Fowl. After a couple of delays, one to keep from breaking Disney's billion-dollar streak of 2019 and another due to the COVID-19 situation, we now have Artemis Fowl available on Disney+. This Kenneth Branagh-directed feature is based on the 2001 YA novel from Irish author Owen Colfer. It concerns a young boy genius, Artemis, who is the son of a wealthy businessman who is perhaps a criminal mastermind as well. When the father is kidnapped, it is time for Artemis' bodyguard to show him that magical creatures exist and he will need them if he wants to get his father back. That's the best way I can sum up this film, which also features fairies, centaurs, Judy Dench as the commanding officer of the Lower Elements <laughs> Police Reconnaissance, or Leprechaun, and Josh Gad as a giant dwarf. David, <laughs> despite the delays, 
did Artemis Fowl prove to be worthwhile? You know, two years ago when we first saw the trailers for this movie, I predicted that it would be Disney's flop of the year of 2019. And then they pushed it back to 2020. And then I predicted the very same. Um, not because it was delayed. I just figured that it just didn't look like it had it all together. It was just kind of a mishmash of things and things to look at. And, um, you know, and it just kind of, yeah, it was a little too much. So now that I'm watching it, it wasn't terrible. It was just kind of mediocre and kind of a mess. And, you, you know, you there's not a real... There's not a whole lot to care about here. There's some decent moments, but it really doesn't like cling you the, the way it should have. And I don't know. There's it's kind of a forgettable movie. Abe, how about you? What did you think of Artemis Fowl? Artemis Fowl is. I agree with David that it's not terrible. Like it's not as though it's incompetently made. It's competently made. It looks okay. Uh, in terms of what Brunel is going for, it's just that the story is incredibly convoluted. Um, you have, I think, like four things that are going on in this movie, um, but those, those four things get mishmashed all together at almost the same time. That I was thinking to myself, I don't understand if these are the good guys or the bad guys, and there's there's a whole lot of confusion. Uh, I think as the movie even still progresses to the end. Um, and the other part about it is that because this is a book series, it has to set up a whole bunch of exposition in the beginning of like the first like 20 minutes of the movie. And that is very difficult to get through. And there's probably much more nuance than what we were given because I honestly didn't really like Artemis that much. Like the, the Artemis Jr. I should say. He sucks. Um, <laughs> he sucks. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to you very shortly here, but, um, there's just not a whole lot of like empathy that I feel for him. I, I would have followed a Colin Farrell. I would have followed him uh, on his adventures, but you know, he's, he's kind of like in and out of the movie. Uh, but as it goes along here, I, again, I, I was a little confused as to, I, I followed along the main plot points, but then there was just so many questions that still arose. And so I think that's where it gets a little bit messy and it gets a little hairy. Um, it's weird that Brana, who, I mean, He's done these types of adaptations before, but I think when it comes to something like this and it's a little bit more fantastical and whimsy, um, I don't know if it's his if it's his like best thing, because I was thinking back to uh, the Murder on the Orient Express. And it's a little bit it's a little bit more. What should I say? Like adult in theme. Uh, so he can play a little bit more with like the adult characters. And here he's kind of stuck with like these fairies and this 12 year old boy uh, and all these other side characters that you barely get to know, um, including like Judy Dench. Um, but overall, it, it's it is messy. It's a little incoherent at times. A couple of times I was like, what the F is happening right now? Um, but like it's it's not like God awful. It wasn't like uh, uh, it wasn't like something that I was like slumping in my chair and wishing that I would never watch. It's just more of like, uh, okay, yeah. I mean, I, I see some elements here that I like, but also uh, there's just a lot of elements here that is is executed very, very poorly. I, with Kenneth Branagh, I don't think he can, It's not that he can't do this kind of thing. He's done it. Cinderella is among the best of the Disney remakes, and Thor mm -hmm. is 
good. Like, Thor's a fun movie. It's not the best Marvel movie, but, I mean, it's a fun both, movie. Both like, adults, though. Both adults. Well, Cinderella is a children's tale. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. Thor is meant for children. Like, that movie could have been PG. Like, there's no... It, but they deal with fantastical things intended for a family audience, much like this film does. Uh, and Cinderella was PG, for that matter. But regardless, this is one of... I'm going to go a different direction. This is one of, like, the worst things I've seen a studio spend $125 million on in quite some time. I I am not surprised it was delayed so much, because from the outset, it didn't look like anything special. But given that they've dumped it onto Disney+, Plus, I completely see why. Uh, everything you've talked about is, yeah, the main problem with this movie. It feels incoherent at times. It feels like it's been drastically cut down from a longer version, because it's only nine to five minutes. And I can't think of the last time I saw a YA movie. That was only 95 minutes? <clears throat> yeah, because it felt super long, like it 14 years. It felt so long, yeah. Um, <laughs> whatever wasn't working, I I mean, I don't know what the, the Brana cut looks like. But if this is the best you got out of this version of the film, it must have been a disaster before it was taken down to just this amount of time. And I'm aware there are deleted, like you can find it on Disney Plus right now. There are deleted scenes available to watch. Um hmm. Yeah, starting right off with the kid, uh, Farida Shah, who plays Art- young Artemis Fowl, I just couldn't, like, the protagonist did nothing for me. Like, it, it already rubbed me the wrong way when he's introduced as a super intelligent, smugly humorous kid that surfs and skateboards or whatever he's using. Like, a like he has a, what do you have, like a like a scooter thing or something? Like an electric scooter uh, thing? He's, he's got, like, a, he's got a, a, a big wheel. It's like a, one of those single... <laughs> unicycle type wheel things yeah. i forget what it regardless yeah. he's present he, it, it tried to present him as like look how cool this kid is also he's a boy genius and i was already thinking no sir <laughs> this does not do anything for me and his like attitude didn't really change that i was just like why him why is he the chosen one this time around because you didn't like the uh, computer graphics with like you know his giant head on a pro surfer's body nope <laughs> <laughs> and like i've skipped ahead I already skipped ahead about things that weren't, wor- yeah, weren't working for me for this movie. Josh uh, Gad uh, uh, enters this film as whatever he's playing, Dirty Man. Um, and, Hagrid. Ha- yeah, yeah, he's like, homeless Hagrid. As, as immature Hagrid, and he starts doing this like narration voice that's all gruff, and I'm, it's like, I guess he either made this choice or this is like, try to like sound dark. And again, I was like, no, thank you. So like, Five minutes into this movie, Direction. it was already a, a, just a mess of ideas on screen where I'm like, this is not winning me over to, to find any of this adorable or anything. And then it kept going from there. And there's a part of me that really wanted to dig into the, oh, okay, so there's a magical society underground. I can dig that. You got Judy Dench and elf ears or whatever. Like, sure, okay. <laughs> you got this other elf and they fly, like all these like interesting ideas of how, like you have like an MIB version of like magical creatures. Cool. Um, yeah. I'm into that to a point. The film does nothing with that beyond showing us that it exists because this is such a claustrophobic movie. We are stuck in this mansion for so long and nothing of like importance to me ever really stuck out yes there's a plot there's things that are going on there's MacGuffins that need to be found there's people that are kidnapped there's people that are held for ransom but i just never got a handle on what this supposed movie was supposed to be i have no bearing i have no like regard for the book but i know in the book he's supposed to be like the kid's supposed to be a master thief and i'm like isn't he supposed to be thieving or it's like what's going on here why is this a (laughs) ransom movie about a child with a fairy this is so strange 
And then it, you know, it gets to some obligatory action sequences. And there's also Josh Gad unhinging his face and digging dirt and shitting out dirt. It's it's a big process. Just a lot of stuff that was just thrown at me. And I, I mean, do you want to say it's not incompetently made? I guess like I can see everything and I'm looking at it and it's everyone appeared to show up on time. But outside of that, there's nothing here that I registered with as far as being good besides looking expensive at times. So that's where I'm at with Artemis Fowl. Did it even look expensive at times? I mean, it looked like it was... I mean, they went to a magical world. I wasn't against the effects for the magicness. (laughs) (laughs) Effects for the magicness. Yeah, it looked magical enough. I I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I I, I guess because I watched it on Disney Plus and I didn't pay anything for it, or I guess I paid $7.99 per month for it, um, it didn't hit me that hard, and I also didn't watch it in a theater where where uh people might have applauded it more than i did <laughs> oh, i love to see uh, i'm not trying to defend this movie. <laughs> like, oh my god yeah. that scene well, was amazing i'm sure that some kids were like oh that's exactly what i thought when i read it um I, i'm definitely not, not trying to defend this movie because it, it's it's not one of those that i would say hey you should run out and see this kind of thing but you know uh, i think there's a lot of things wrong with it for sure i just am curious if there was ever anything that they wanted to competently make before it got cut like twice. Did it get shelved twice or? Well, it, it was supposed um, to come out last August and then Disney's like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't interrupt our billion dollar streak of films since we had five of six of those last year. Maybe we should push that again. And they did. And then they're like, well, now we don't need to market this and we can just save ourselves a bunch of money by dropping it on Disney plus. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I, I think they dodged a bullet for real. I mean, this oh, yeah, could have been no, panned yeah. by it, critics for sure. Um, and it still is sort of being panned, but it isn't being panned on the, like, you know, Colin Farrell and, and what's the, what's the kid's name? Um, Farida Shaw. Farida Shaw. They're, they're not going on a press tour right now. And neither. And Josh Gad has kind of been doing a little bit of a press tour, but he's also got a podcast to promote uh, or like a, a YouTube series to promote, I should say. Um, but, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that Disney was just like, cool, let's just drop it. And uh, phew. Glad that we don't have to pay $20 million to go send Colin Farrell around the world. <laughs> David, do you want to chime in at all? Because you're the most positive. Well, no, I mean, you guys, you're all, you're you're kind of dead on with it. And basically, I feel like the direction Josh Gad got was just don't sound like Olaf. And <laughs> that was that was the only voice he had, which it was distracting at first because I really went into this without looking at who was in it. Because this, the, the first time I really saw the trailer was two years ago. I, I really almost just completely forgot what that was. And then I just turned it on. And um, and I was just like, who is this guy? And it's, I could tell the sound is very familiar. And it was just, it just bothered at me. And I was like, oh, shoot, it's Olaf being gruff. <laughs> 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 and it just didn't, and he, you know, his the seriousness he was trying to pull off is like, oh, no, this is not the father's story. This is the son. And I'm just like, oh, God, this is really bad. That's but... 40 seconds into this movie. <laughs> right, yeah. It, 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 it comes at you fast. <laughs> just like life. Yeah, but then, yeah, and it's like, it, it was kind of confusing because, like, are they fairies or are they leprechauns? Because, I mean, I guess they're both because it's lep-recon mm-hmm. and they're all wearing green. And then she says, top of the morning. And is this just because it's Ireland or because it sounds like they go all over the world. So I just feel yeah, I, and a lot of Ireland in this yeah, movie, for sure. First 
And so it's, yeah, it just felt like kind of a weird thing. And Judy Dench was doing a weird voice and it sounded really weird. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It, do you think, do you think she did this before? She did this before cats or at the same time? <laughs> Probably before. Okay. Before. Okay. Cause I was like, you know, there's a lot of strikes right here. And I thought that she had retired from acting, so to speak with like the, the M thing. But uh, I guess no, here we she's, are. She's not retired at all. She keeps acting. Okay. All right. Good. Good on her. Good on her. Get those paychecks. Um, one of the things that I, that I do want to point out is, um, Aaron, you had mentioned. I don't know when they said that. I think they said this a few times. But he, Artemis Fowl Senior and Junior are supposed to be criminal master or not criminal masterminds. What are they? Uh, no criminal right, masterminds. Yeah, yeah. Criminal masterminds. And I, I, I don't know what plots that he was trying to he was been told the story by his dad and then he devised an entire plot around it and i had no 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 idea what was going on like he is saying oh everything's playing right into my hands and it's also going right to the plan it's like what plan are you talking about i'm not aware of anything so from a story standing uh storytelling standpoint very difficult to get into because nothing's explained to you well here's the thing like even with the, with the amount of like YA films that have come out in recent years, not even in recent, it's been a while now since they really started hitting. You know, this is, this is more in like the latter period of when these things are coming out. But regardless, the best of them, and there are like good ones, even if they didn't like weren't successful enough to spawn a franchise or what have you. But at the very least, the ones that are most competently handled are able to tell you a story that you know starts and ends. And that's another giant failing of this movie. There are tons of loose ends that are supposed to, you know, go into some kind of sequel that we never know will happen or not. Say what you will about some of the lesser movies that are like this that have come out, but there's a good number of them that at least have the do the bare minimum to tell you a beginning, middle, and end of that story that can, yeah, lead to other films. But, you know, if you never saw another one, you'd be fine. This doesn't do that whatsoever. Nothing about anything that happens here is wrapped up. Which was very frustrating to me because I I could recognize that along the way as far as things were deliberately not being told, characters that are mentioned or introduced but have like nothing else to offer to the story. So it just it's it's a whole lot of setup and a whole lot of me thinking, well, I'm already nine hours into this and I'm not feeling much in the way of excitement, and <laughs> and knowing that I'm not gonna like finish this thing off with anything that resembles closure. That's you know, that, that's not the best. That's not the best, like, approach for this kind of thing. Especially when you have, again, a character that's supposed to be a criminal mastermind and shows no trace of that throughout this entire movie. Yeah. There was a lot of inspiration drawn from this movie that I thought of in my own head. I'm sure that there's some direct ones. But, you know, I, whenever I read some or whenever I, they're going into, like, these cool chambers with artifacts stolen from around the world, um, I immediately think of Tomb Raider the the newer one and then i honestly thought about valerian and the city of a thousand planets um when they go in into the, the elf world or the leprechaun world whatever um you brought up men in black international so there's a lot of like elements of these other movies that are people people saw them as not very good like, even john carter in this movie um and i was like i it's a bummer because some of those other movies are, are probably a lot better um than what people have given credit for and this movie doesn't it's not don't be afraid of the dark kind of terrible um but it, it's definitely it is unfortunate that 
the I'm, I'm going on a tangent here. It is unfortunate that there is a lot of loose ends. I think Scott Mendelson wrote something about this, which is movies just you should just tie it up if you aren't expect you, you shouldn't expect anything. So you should just tie up a movie um, as best you can. Um, and if it happens with a sequel, then great. But if not, then you would have a pretty complete movie. Um, I'm trying to give an example of something like that from a YA book, and I'm curious if if either of you might have one where the first movie you just never know and you know what? It, it is part of a series, but the first movie is pretty solid. Well, the like first I'm one that comes to mind is sort of like Maze Runner. Well, Maze Runner finished. That was the but, but yeah, yeah I mean, the, but, yeah, but the but first, first one, movie, yes, the like, first one tells a, a story that solid. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you're just left with like, well, if they never make another one, it's like it's actually a pretty pretty okay finish to the the first movie. The the best example that comes to mind is Beautiful Creatures, which is which is a movie that like. I think is pretty strong as far as a YA thing goes. Alden Ehrenreich solo himself is in that movie. Um, but it like, it's clearly a movie that sets up a lot of sequels, has a lot of characters, introduces a lot of things, but like it bombed and is never going to have other sequels. That said, it does the job. Like it, it's still like, it knows how to hit the basics for that kind of thing. And that's not what this is. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's it, it just fails that test, which is, that's not the only problem I have with this movie, but it certainly didn't help anything. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the cast a little bit. Um, I've talked about how much I think the boy sucks, um, but it's, <laughs> and we've talked about Josh Gad. We what else we have? We have Nanzo on on Anazi as not the butler because you can't call him that. He's just he's the he's the um that's the, his name the bodyguard. Yeah, his, yeah. His name his last name is Butler, but you can't his last call name him, is Butler. You can't call him the Butler. Because he'll get mad, apparently. Uh, I don't know where I was going that with beyond the fact that, like, I generally like that actor, Nanzo Anazi. He has a presence. Yeah. And, like, he's fine. Like, he does what he needs to, I guess. This. He's okay, yeah. I Of all the side characters, he's probably, like, the one that has the most character development. <laughs> which is such a wild thing for me to say. Um, because, yeah, you learn that, okay, cool. He, he knows Kendo, and he's... And arms, he's practiced arms, uh, uh, which I call it, in Russia, and he, he knows like, like uh, karate from Tokyo or whatever the case is. It's like okay, is, amazing. Is also, he's got a ten-year-old daughter or a ten-year-old niece. Is is that character development though? That's no, just... it's it's just more that like <laughs> these are just like these are these are snapple cap facts about him. Uh, the only but one it's developed. more than like Josh Gad. The only one developed is probably the other the the fairy, right? The the Holly yeah. Short. Like she's she's yeah. like she has the most and she's more interesting than Artemis. It's like there's there's she more is there. More, and and much more um uh, much more empathetic than Artemis, yeah. Yeah. Cuz she's like on her first day, it's like what's her, Judy Hopps in Zootopia. It's like I just want to be good at what I do. Like that's that's the kind of vibe I got. <laughs> Did you guys catch how old she is? Uh 84. Holly Short. Eighty-four. <laughs> Eighty-four years old, man. I, I know amazing. that because it's in front of me. That not because oh, I remembered that from the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's eighty-four. Yeah. I, I think um, Holly Short was the most, like, probably the best acting in the movie uh, from a new character's perspective, I guess. Yeah, because he wasn't like forced on you to say, "Look, I surf and I'm super smart and all this nonsense." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of did her thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did her thing. She's a part, you, you kind of get some backstory about hey, um, her father was also a police officer or leprechaun officer, elf officer. I don't know what they're called. Um, and she wants to investigate his disappearance. Um, so that already gives you some some 
more insight as to like, cool, it's a sympathetic character. Um, but I agree with you guys that uh, nobody else really like shines per se, because um, I can't really remember beyond the people on the poster, which I guess is fine because they're the people on the poster. Um, nothing really happens to anybody. Uh, and that's unfortunate because I, I can't remember which of you brought it up, but this movie is expensive and yet they go nowhere. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah, it's they claustrophobic. literally go yeah, it's, yeah. like they, so they go like to the quote unquote core of the earth. Um, but then they also just stay at Artemis's house. <laughs> so, you know, I'll I'll give it points for being different as far as the plot is not what I expected. Like I was figuring like there'll be some kind of adventure in the magical fairyland because that you have it. I mean, and it's a bit expensive movie and it doesn't do that. Instead, it presents a hostage situation, which is not something you typically expect from a YA movie adaptation. Am I, am I, am I right? Is that, does that sound right to me? Hostage situation? I guess. Well, I I mean, Compared to what don't we normally get like, oh, we got to go on this thing and find the thing or whatever, which they are trying to find a thing, except instead of going out to find something, they kidnap a a fairy and (laughs) make, you know, make a whole negotiation take place to whether or not we get the thing that we want in exchange for this other thing. And then like monsters happen also for whatever reason. So you're you're explaining the plot and you're explaining it correctly. And I'm still confused. (laughs) So like. Because there was a part where Judy Dench comes to the door, and I don't know what exchange happens there. It's like it's like a Buffy situation. It's the scene in Inside Man where in. uh, where Denzel and Clive Owen meet for the first time. It's just like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I didn't understand the rules there. Of like, okay, well, you're inviting me in, so I guess I can't do anything to you. So <laughs> uh, there's a lot of just strangeness. David, I am curious. Um, because I, I'm curious if you sort of how, do, how should I phrase this? Like, did you also feel as though it was? I, I mean, I honestly just want to say it's like it was a waste of your time. Oh. <laughs> you know, it would probably would have felt more like that if I went to the theater. Okay. But, um, sitting, I mean, watching it at home, I did look at my phone a lot. So me too. It, yeah, it is one of those movies where you're just kind of like, man, how much more? I, like, you, you're committed, right? Like, I'm gonna finish this, this movie, but yeah. you're really just kind of bored and sidetracked, and like right from the beginning too, um, nothing really, really pulls you in. And I really do like that house and the location of it, but it, they really kind of don't use it in a way. I mean, there's that big battle with like the Gungan army shield around it and, <laughs> and 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 then there's that one guy in the boat who gets stuck in the bubble or something and uh-huh. and when the time warp is like or when it's collapsing it almost looks like they get sucked up and die don't they yeah and and then you find out later oh they just get popped out pooped out the other side oh i thought they were dying yeah right but they all get sucked in and they all just get shot out somewhere else mm. uh in the bubble <laughs> you know so it's like oh i thought there was uh, something like some actual consequences from this but um i mean yeah it was just like what is this a story about corruption in the fairy world i don't know because yeah they really don't dive into that and and i just kind of didn't know where josh gad was on in this like where his moral compass was in this movie i don't i mean maybe i wasn't paying attention well enough but i just couldn't tell where he was in in any of the, any of this but 
um, that's yeah, the, like puts, that, that's a world building thing, it, right? Because I I appreciated that there was they were trying to like open up this magical world of fairies and whatever, but you're right as far as you know, there's a lot of like <laughs> leprechaun politics taking place that I can't quite get my grasp around as far as what, what's supposed to be important. Who like I was I was back and forth like wait is Judy Dench like good or is she corrupt or like which is the right thing? Eventually I was able to sort yeah, that yeah. out I think. Um, and, mm. <laughs> and then like am I like yeah the various allegiances I was like having trouble with. The overall villain was just like person in black cloak, so it was like okay, whatever that's supposed to be. There was just a lot of like stuff that just wasn't. Con- yeah. Alita is another example, Abe. It's not a YA thing necessarily, but it's still a movie that like has clearly oh, set up oh, for yeah. clearly set up for more, but like it still works as its own kind of standalone it thing. Itself out. Yeah. yeah. Take um, a second to. to... That what you meant by Alita? But yeah, yeah, it just I, popped I, in my yeah. head as I was talking. <laughs> but um, um, but now, yeah, just kind of trying to. I shouldn't have to work so hard to decipher a Disney movie, right? I mean, that's that's what kind of kept getting to me. It's like this this should be easier. This, this should, I shouldn't have to like well, have notes. Well, even if it wasn't easier, because I'm I'm on the same page as you guys. I was trying to determine are they trying to say something here? You know, are they trying to say that? Because at one point, I guess I'm led to believe that um, Artemis Fowl's dad, Artemis Fowl Sr., played by um, Colin Farrell, is, is trying to protect some sort of unique object. Uh-huh. Um, and then I'm also led to believe that the elves, uh, or what are they, elves or are they, they're elves. Uh, the elves are a, a race of people that have been banished to the middle of the of the earth. So are they the bad people? And then I was thinking to myself, well, maybe there's a redemption arc here of, well, we were trying, we were, they were racist against us or something. None of that comes to fruition. Nothing really is explained. Um, so overall, it's just very, very, like, I, al- I also didn't understand the questions you guys had, which is, is Judy Dench good, bad? You know, she's also perceived as weak um, because there's like this other guy that I don't even know who his name or what his name is. Um, but there's just so many elements of let's just put this on uh, first and second layer only and then let's not dive any deeper because we'll do that later. Aaron, you brought something up that, that just made me laugh in my head when you said it. You brought up like person in black cloak. Um, mm-hmm. And that just made me laugh because I was like, you know what? Also, what movie also had a person in a black co- cloak that was maybe a little bit better? Uh, Rise of Cobra. <laughs> so, <laughs> G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. <laughs> Where jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays Cobra, and he's just—it's probably just a body double because he's in a mask the whole time. But you know that movie's a little bit more coherent and a little bit more, uh, a little bit more um, fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> probably for the Shinobi characters. <laughs> um, but I do want to go into some specifics here. I, I do want to because the reason why I said that wasn't difficult to, or it looks like they actually spent money on it, is because you know. It looks okay. Like it's not as though everything shot like in the daytime or everything shot at, at night. Um, there looks like they 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 spent money on the screen. So the tech, like technically speaking, it's a sound movie. And, right? Yeah, I mean it costs 125 million dollars, uh, and it comes from the Disney machine. Like I would hope so. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it, it you, is a there's sound in it. There's sound <laughs> in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's an excellent point yeah you're right I mean, although yeah. although to be fair the adr 
really took me out of it. Oh, there's like, a lot of ADR. Yeah, was like, there's a lot of it's ADR. It's clearly him. Like his voice probably changed during the the filming of this, and this sounds terrible right now. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like it had like David used it. It's a nice house. I don't disagree with that. It is a nice house. It was it is perfect for launching monsters through. Um, and like the 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 time warp thing, like that's fun. Like that's neat. I would have liked to explore some of this stuff more. I guess. And mm-hmm. you can be expensive and look like look good in that regard, but it goes not very far if I don't have much to like attach myself to. And it's like I don't know this guy. I don't care about his house. <laughs> like I'm I'm happy with it's a nice <laughs> house, but uh, it just that cuts it enough as far as well. At least it's not like a Disney like releasing their very embarrassing version of this story. It's like no, they put the money into it, I suppose, but it. It's it just it's the kind of thing where I'm like we're what this is a movie where people are watching dailies and versions of this and thinking I guess this is good and they kept going like I don't know how it got this far like that's that's what confuses me because Kenneth Branagh is a good filmmaker yeah. granted he's got a lot of things he can do and he's you know he can take something like this for certain reasons so he can do other things that he's more interested in but still. <laughs> I'm just, I'm surprised. Like, I was giving the benefit of the doubt. It's like, well, okay, if Kevin Branagh wants to do a YA thing, sure. Let's see. It'll probably be fine. And this is a lot less than fine, which is like, this through, it's just throwing me off. Well, I, I feel like, you know, they this this movie just feels like it's one of those, we know this is a franchise, uh-huh. and put some breadcrumbs in the beginning, and they kind of maybe uh, tried a little too hard on doing that, rather than just focusing on making a really good recreation of the first book yeah and yeah that's what it feels like well it it feels like i mean the books from 2001 it feels like this is a movie from 2001 and i mean by that i say i mean we've done this we've done the ya thing and the ideas here like nothing about this makes it special if it came out back then when you have just harry potter yeah that's something unique because i don't have many examples of this thing so this comes along Uh it just feels like the lazy version of doing this kind of movie. I, but I hear, hear the difference is that if this was out in 2001, um, this movie feels like it's a movie that's, yes, yeah, from 2001, but it feels like a movie that's seen all the other movies and goes, oh, we can't do this because it's already been done. Uh-huh. And it almost feels neutered to a point where it's just not fun. And, but if it was a movie that came out in 2001, it would be a lot more fun, probably. I, like it could that's be. That's an interesting point. Yeah, it it could be fun. I mean, I'd still have probably some issues as far as the story it's telling, but at least yes, I, I haven't I haven't seen like twenty other examples before I saw this movie. Right. Well, I mean, like you know, Harry Potter went in knowing it was a big franchise, but it didn't feel like they were like, oh, we got to set this up for for the next movie. You know, it just right. like this. It was all in the books already, and it was all in the story. So it was like, what do we focus on here? Mm-hmm. And too, that's too, and too bad that didn't work out for them. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Who's there, like what is Daniel Radcliffe even doing these days, right? He works um, at a Wendy's. No, I thought you were gonna say he's he's a dog walker in New York. <laughs> um <laughs> The question I have for you guys is uh where does this go from here? I mean it's not not that <laughs> it was released on Disney Plus. It could technically just live on in sequels as like cheaper versions on Disney Plus, right? Yeah, that's essentially <laughs> what it could do. Like and like, 
it I suppose it depends on what the viewership is, which might much like any other streaming service, Disney will never tell anybody. Care <laughs> at least not something mm-hmm. I can believe. Um, but if they were to make like a series or other films that are just designed to be meant for Disney Plus, then yes, obviously the expenditure would be a lot lower, and you could get away with that because it'd feel like a unique thing as far as hey, there's this thing on the streaming service that continues this thing that I saw. Um, so yeah, like I don't. It's a bit of uncharted territory as far as Disney's concerned, because this is their, you know, the first time they're doing a streaming service, let alone having a, you know, a, a series, a potential series like this that they can work with in that kind of format. But yeah, it, it's possible, I suppose. Yeah, Even but that's... And we don't. Do we know how, how what kind of contract these actors have and what commitment Disney has put into it? Because I feel like, uh, you know, with the delays and everything, it just the momentum is just not there. Oh, for and sure. All the yeah, yeah, it yeah. just. But and now once we start going on it, it just it seems like it's just too big of an expense, and all the actors are getting older by the minute because they made this two years ago. Uh-huh, so, right. Like you know, Artemis is in puberty now already. <laughs> well, no, I was also I, just thinking like you recast everybody. Well, and I, you just I, make I, like a, a ten million dollar budget. I, I, I would assume that the kids are contracted for like three movies or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised by that. The older actors, yeah, they can probably, you know, hightail it because whatever. Like, I don't think Colin Farrell, who already seems to be doing the bare minimum for this movie, um, I don't think he's going to be sticking around for future sequels to Artemis. So I see, like, I was, <laughs> at the end of this movie, I was like, did he have lines? I know he had lines, but I'm like, he, it seems like he was just not here. And he's and he's playing Irish in this movie. And I, I always say Irish Colin Farrell can do anything. Not even he can save Artemis Fell. I enjoyed him on the screen. I, I I was just reminded of something that was in the movie that I just didn't buy. And it was when Colin Farrell had or I mean Artemis Sr. was telling his son that he has to go away again. And Artemis Jr. is just like really mad about it. And just thinking back to when you were a kid, when your parents said like I gotta go for a job. You just went okay. Definitely, you know, go for it. Yeah. You, you didn't think twice about it. it was you just, you it jump was... on you jump on their bed like in Home Alone. Yeah. Or you go like, great. That means I could play video games or watch TV even longer. Um, a bunch of ice cream. Or <laughs> watch Angels with Dirty Wings. <laughs> yeah. So it just seemed it was, and he's ha- he has quality time with his father, but it doesn't make me believe that he'd be that upset for him leaving on a business trip because right. look at the house he has or he could just go surfing again or <laughs> he just he yeah, seems, it seems like he's like ditching school to go surfing right again yeah, this is why a, just this kid yeah. sucks i mean he did there's nothing about it. like he he can both do everything but not do anything and he's like sad but happy right. and he doesn't believe in oh, fairies yeah. but he does it's he's the everything the child and it's just ah oh, god <laughs> oh yeah he, he can't even sit through therapy without running out of it he, well, he he's got to point out, you know, these things. So it, it, when he pointed something out to the therapist, I was like, I think this kid's on the spectrum. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like he he's not not that it's a bad thing. It's just more like he's just so in tune with all these, these things. Like he, he's got to be on the spectrum, right? So I don't know. Yeah, I, I generally try to give kids the benefit of the doubt because generally they're well cast. Like I don't 
I, I I think that's part of you know the success of today. You can find actors that work and don't feel too precocious or what have you. We reserve you know people hating kids for Mark Hoban, who always hates kids in movies. But <laughs> I mean, but here I know Jesus, I just, Mark. I just could not get behind this 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 kid Baron Shaw. I, I hope he's I'm sure he's like a fine actor. He can do whatever he wants. But in this movie, just wasn't working here for me. Yeah. So I've got a list of questions here that I want to ask you guys. Oh, good. Is Artemis Fowl a good guy? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, because they use the term yes. criminal prodigy. Oh, for the next movie. So he's supposed to be like more criminally like active in the books from the mm-hmm. get-go, but they they decided that in the movies he would be more neutral and then get into that. Okay. So this is, I guess this is, they kind of made it like a prequel-ish. Yeah, I mean, that I was, read... that's, that's what I've heard, yes. It's like a, a version of him that exists before the version people know, which, again, is stupid. I mean, that's just... <laughs> I, it, it's like any number of origin stories where you've come to see this person, and there's no guarantee you'll see a sequel to find that full version of them, but they spend the whole time setting up the person he's supposed to be. Where it's like, okay, like I, the thing you yeah. described, David, that sounds interesting to me. I would have liked to see that. You, I can't hear neutral, because like, there was never any part of me that thought... Oh, this kid could go either way. I'm just thinking. Oh, so there's just like a goody two-shoe smart guy that surfs and stuff, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> there's no, there was no part of this film where I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's gonna turn bad at some point. It's just like, no, he just seems like a normal, like average kid, I guess, who's super smart and whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next question. All the, oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, I mean, and all those news people around the house, and he's just like, we never really get any resolution from that. Yeah, I was so cute. I was like, yeah. okay, yeah. so like, there's thieves, and so it's like. Wait, what was still like? What happened? What was the bad thing that they did? Why is there this? You know, there's those newscasters and photographers are still at the front gate when they fly in their helicopter at the Mm -hmm. end. Like that's the weird thing, right? Like I'm not even making a joke. That's that's what happens. (laughs) Um, uh, the other question I have for you is, uh, did you guys have any sort of sympathy then and now for Artemis not having a mother? But like David, what you said. His father is very present. And what I mean yeah. by this is, it seems as though he's like maladjusted because his mother isn't there. But it's like, I, I don't know. It seems like you have a lot in your favor and you're not, it's not as though you're like super upset. So, like, it seems as though the mother thing came into play early on in the beginning and then just got forgotten. So, the question is, did you guys even think about his mom at all in this entire movie? <laughs> no. No. Because, <laughs> um, again, it seems as though that it's going to be coming. In, up in a different part. The other part is um, the other question I have for you guys is: uh, Did you guys know who the fairy uh, Judy Hops? Uh, what what is her name? Holly Short. Uh, <laughs> Holly Short. Thank you, Holly Short. Hops. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Air made a great great parallel. Um, is is Holly Short? Did you know who her dad was and what he was all about? I, I don't know no, the answer to that was, now. <laughs> I, yeah, well, only because like they bring it up like 16 times in the movie, and I'm like, was I did I miss something? Did I did I not see something on the screen here? So that's why I wrote it down. I was like, is is am I supposed to am I supposed to know her dad? Well, you you wrote it down. So what's his name? Like Beachcomber or something? Yeah, so, um, so it's like something Beachman Short or whatever. Beachwood Short. Oh yeah. Yeah. Beachwood. Yeah. I let me tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I completely forgot that this was a thing. Um, even though you just mentioned that it's mentioned a lot, as far as she has a father who I guess needs to be looked up to. To to backtrack a bit, when so when I when I write reviews every week, I've been writing like these posts that combine a bunch of reviews into one post. Uh, uh-huh. The the 
I forgot to write about this movie. That's like I didn't try <laughs> the to whole not, movie. I didn't try to not do it, but I wrote my whole thing, published it, put it out there, and I'm like, and I realized like, like, like late, like halfway through the day. Oh, I didn't write at all about the movie I planned to write about this week, because <laughs> that's how much I've forgotten about Artemis Fowl as far as my experience watching it. It uh, is, it is forgetful. <laughs> that, that's just that's just some understanding of where I'm coming from when trying to like recall some of these characters that were either mentioned or supposed to be important in this film. I watched yeah. the film, I saw it, I I could, I'm remembering it now because we're talking about it, but as far as like it's sticking in the mind, yeah, this left pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Two, two more questions here. One of them being, when they use the time freeze, what about the people that are not in the time freeze? Like, they, they go to a wedding, but what about everybody outside of that bubble? Like, are they also frozen? I, that part I don't understand. I would. The best I can say is that they're, the times we see them use it is a somewhat isolated area, so they don't have to concern themselves with what others are seeing on the outside. Okay, because they the, also used the... it at, at Foul Manor, and like what David said, there's like one boat guy, but it seems like he's on the outside of the time thing. Yeah, I mean, that's... But he's colla- also frozen. That's collateral damage at that point, right? And they're, and <laughs> Arnold they also... Schwarzenegger? Exactly, but I mean, that's collateral, but they also it's also like, they say they have like memory wipes or whatever, so they can just... Memory yeah, that's wipe. a Men in Black thing. Yeah, so they can just, you know adjust i said like they're you know they could have been much nicer to the wedding people and put them in positions that were not going to hurt them when they unfroze time (laughs) this is a quicksilver fall (laughs) what was that david yeah they're still being thrown around (laughs) yeah exactly like some guy definitely has a concussion and he's not going to know how he got it and did, did you guys know that that wedding was a restaurant it that just looked the, like some. A, it just looked like some uh, random courtyard. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the last question I have is, why does he have the phone number to the bad guy? Oh, you know, it's just one of those hotlines, you know. <laughs> and it's a direct line. So I was like, I don't know what like, you you presumably know where this person is because you're so smart, right? You you gave Josh Josh Gad a tra- uh, a tracking device. You should be able to like pinpoint the the phone call. I don't know what's going on here. She's got a magic scrambler, you know. Ah, uh, the the classic magic scrambler. It yeah. it's the voice thing too. Yeah. yeah. Um. So those are my questions. I also was like, this is very, very Neo at the end there, uh, but I can't take it seriously because it's a twelve year old telling me that he's gonna come kick my ass. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like. Okay, cool, cool job here with like your uh, with your uh, Dutch angles. Uh, a twelve-year-old coming to kick your ass is something David hears every time he has to stop in front of everybody to take a picture of something at Disneyland. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> David, David definitely knows like the worst twelve-year-old in Hollywood right now. He just, you know, he's sworn by secrecy not to tell. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but those are my questions. I was like, these are some unanswerable questions here that I just or answerable, but they just. They're not once in the movie. They're a few times in the movie, and they just it just made me go crazy. So, again, at some points, I was like, I don't know what's going on here, and who's the good guy, bad guy. So, great. Well, it sounds like we have a lot of things going on in our minds when it comes to Artemis Fowl, and they will quickly leave our minds as soon as we stop talking about this movie. But when should people watch Artemis Fowl? David, should people put this right on top of the queue on Disney Plus? Do they wait? Do they not bother? 
You know, if you have young kids, it's pretty harmless. And I think they'll get somewhat of a kick out of it. But, you know, that's about it. It's not that worth it. It, Yeah, it's actually really not worth it. If you had framed it in a different way, like if you had made it a three-part miniseries, even this first movie for Disney+, Plus, I think that would have been better received. So I don't know. It's 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 in your queue, sure, but at the same time, like you don't nev- you're never gonna have to go re- uh, seek this movie out. I don't even know if there is a version of me that would be like when I was younger. I like this, but I watched it now, and it's like oh, it's not that good anymore. I feel like I would just have already rejected this as a child. So uh, no, I just I think there's <laughs> I think there's a lot better things that you could be watching that deal with similar types of ideas and just do that instead. Uh, yeah, yeah, monster calls. That, I mean, it's a lot darker, but yeah, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> Deals with, you know, people with accents. Yeah, one of those dreaded things people have to deal with in their life. People with accents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've talked about Artemis Val. We did it. Now uh-huh. we, we can move on to something that's a little bit more fun. It's time for what? What, what time is it? Aaron, it's time for another game. Uh, that was that was really beautiful. Thank you. I uh, I kissed the Blarney uh, get... Stone for that one. The Blarney Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I hope that we have some Irish listeners that give us some more Irish insights. Um, I have a game for you guys this week. It's Box Office Showdown. It's uh, a game where I'm gonna name you guys. The first half of them are movies with birds or chickens <laughs> uh, because of the fowl, and then the second half of the question or the second half of the box office things are YA adaptions. So I'll name two movies, and if you can tell me which one you think made more money at the time in which it was recorded for the box office, not adjusted for inflation through now, um, ring in with your name and domestic, U.S. domestic. Okay. Uh, ring in with your name and and uh, choose the movie. But again, be aware that if you get it wrong, uh, the other person is likely going to get it right, unless they were not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so first one here, Chicken Run versus Chicken Little. Aaron. Aaron. Chicken Run. That is incorrect. David. David. <laughs> Chicken Little. Chicken Little is correct. It yeah. made 135 million versus 106 million. Yeah, so. Aaron, you forgot the the uh, it was the first big 3D movie. Yeah. And it I, got a, I let uh, the quality of the film overcount the 3D yeah, part of the film. I mean, <laughs> You know, yeah, you know, everyone loves Zach Braff. Um, <laughs> Nobody loves here. Chicken Little. Is <laughs> all that Mel Gibson backlash. Um, the next one here, Angry Birds or Angry Birds 2? Aaron. Aaron. Angry Birds. Angry Birds is correct. It crushed it, 107 versus 41. <laughs> um, the next one here, Rio or Rio 2? David. David. Rio 2. That is incorrect. Aaron. Uh, Aaron. Rio. It's it's Rio. 143 versus 131. Yeah, that's close. That's pretty close. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty close, actually. I for, thought it was Rio, sequel, but yeah. I thought I thought it was a bigger gap, actually. But okay. Good on the birds. Yeah. Good on Jesse Eisenberg for getting paid. Um, the next one here. Birds of Prey. And the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Thank you. Or Storks. Damn. 
It's weird that that's tough. Because <laughs> they're probably really close, too. I think they're both in the 80s, if I had to guess. Um, Aaron. Uh, you're giving clues away here. Aaron. Aaron. I'm going to say Storks. That is incorrect. Damn it. <laughs> David. It's the uh, the other one. <laughs> yeah, the other one is correct. Yeah, Birds of Prey. 84 million versus 73 million. I was close, though. They were, like, around yeah, the 80s. Yeah, close. Right. Yeah. Uh, next one here. Ladybird, Freebirds, David, David, Ladybird, Ladybird is incorrect. Aaron, oh. Aaron. the the classic Woody Harrelson, Owen Wilson picture, Freebirds, Freebirds, where they have time traveling turkeys, right? Um, Ladybird had forty nine million, Freebirds had fifty six million. Another close one. Yeah. Uh, next one here. Now we'll move into the YA stuff. Oh, good. Maze Runner versus Divergent. David. Damn. David. I think, uh, didn't Divergent make more? Divergent is correct, yes. Yeah. 151 versus 102. The budget was different. Uh, Maze Runner had a low yes. budget. That's what helped. Next one here. Perks of Being a Wallflower or Paper Towns? Aaron. Aaron. Good. I'm going to say Perks of Being a Wallflower. That is incorrect. David. David. Other one. <laughs> yeah, the other one is great. Paper Towns. 32 million versus 18 million. Perks of being Wallflower. I didn't realize it made that little money. Well, because uh, it wasn't cause... a wide release, and I know Paper Towns was, but I just thought Paper Towns flopped. So that was what that was counting on it being an indie film that, you know, moved versus <laughs> a bigger release that flopped. Yeah. Uh next one here. Hunger Games. Or Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. David. David. Mm. Harry Potter. That is incorrect. Yeah, Aaron. What? Aaron. That first Hunger Games made like $400 million. <laughs> it was huge. Yeah, it's $408 million, and Harry Potter or Deathly Hallows Part 2 made 381 Oh, I thought you meant the last Hunger Games. No, yeah. No, no. Yeah. That, that would have been Mockingjay Part 2 part or two. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell uh, that. <laughs> I, that, first, that first one was giant. It was a. It was March too. It was a huge movie for March. Yeah. Uh, the next one here. Holes versus Hugo. <laughs> David. David. Um. Holes. Holes is incorrect. Uh, Aaron. Wrong. Aaron. I'm a little surprised, but yeah, Hugo. Hugo. Is Seventy-four million versus sixty-seven million. Yeah. Okay. Okay, here we go. The Giver versus A Wrinkle in Time. Mm, Aaron. Aaron. I'm going to say Wrinkle in Time. A Wrinkle in Time is correct. Yeah. 100 million versus 45 million. It's yeah, kind of beat it by a lot. I, I, knew, I knew Wrinkle like got like inched over 100 million. I knew The Giver like fought badly. So that, that yeah, was... it just had friend of the show, Brendan Thwaites, in it. Um, Aaron, you won that game 6-4. to four. All right. So good job. But a good fight with David. I liked your answers of um, the other one. <laughs> Just easier. Yeah. Makes sense. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. That was games. All right. Well, thank you for that game, Abe. Uh-huh. Stimulating. Um, yes. <laughs> with, with all that being said, that's going to conclude our Artemis Fowl episode which I was very happy to take part in. You can find more of my work at thecodeseek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash 
Walrus Moose. Hashtag Josh Gad Mulch Diggums with two Gs. David, yeah, where can people find more of you online? Uh, Enderexpress.net on occasion, and then my personal account, which is uh, Boy on Instagram. <laughs> you can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, HSWLOD. Feel free to email us your thoughts on Artemis Fowl, because I know they're out there, at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Or tell us on Facebook, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Or simply respond to the story posts on our Instagram page of a caca at instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast. <laughs> Is that where the Doug Benson show now? <laughs> Is he, does he do a caca thing on his show? There, uh, Kirk, uh, David, Dan Van Kirk does it. Okay, I haven't listened to Douglas movies in like three years. Um, regardless... <laughs> Uh, David, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. David, thanks for giving us your opinions uh, about uh, how much this movie was terrible. Yeah, this is a lot more time spent thinking about it than I should have. <laughs> we'll bring you on for an Academy Award winning movie next time. <laughs> so it'll be really, really late? Uh, no, we might, we might do a retrospective. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll get that one in there. Uh, But yeah, thanks again, and thank you for listening. And until next time, so long. And goodbye. Caw-caw! that weird dancer in the in the previews that we never got in the original movie oh, yeah that's hong chow her scenes are all deleted from the movie what yep well she's the bad guy or whatever who we never see deleted from the movie. yeah we're, and we're never gonna see <laughs> what are you talking about, about? Art, artemis fowl 2 still fouling around is coming soon <laughs> still fouling around yeah i'm sure that's what the book was called yeah it should actually just be called foul, fouling around colon artemis <laughs> an artemis foul book foul play Mm-mm. I like how we could easily look up the names of these books. <laughs> wow, I'm looking at it right now. Not what I expected. Artemis Fowl. The Arctic Incident. The Eternity Code. The Opal Deception. The Lost Colony. Time Paradox. The Atlantis Complex. The Last Guardian. And the Fowl Twins. It takes them eight books to find out that Hong Chao is the villain? Yeah. <laughs> we should, I we hope should so. go back to recording. It's a goddamn goal. Hey, it's not like I stopped the recorder. <laughs> this, this is grade A blooper material right here, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. <laughs>